forever. Dog. Hi, Anna. Hi, Andrew. And hey, everybody else. And welcome to our podcast, Scary, scary stories, stories to Tell, to tell the on pod. the Pod. It is a podcast about scary stories, urban legends, scary things you tell us about, ghosts on the internet, ghosts in real life, ghosts who you know, ghosts who are strangers. Um, it's a comedy podcast primarily hosted by two people who are afraid of most things. Um, basically, all you need to know about us is that we love the Haunted Mansion. We're not big Disney people, but mm-hmm. we love the Haunted Mansion. And when we go, the pictures of us... Well, I guess the Haunted Mansion doesn't take a picture. The idea is that every <laughs> single theme park picture that has ever been taken of either me or Andrew, we look like we're about to leave our bodies with fear. <laughs> and yet we still go on those rides. That's So we truth. like to feel scared. We like to feel scared. We like to laugh. Those are two of our major things that we like. <laughs> and because of that, we started a podcast. So if you're looking for like a well-researched sort of like ghost diary, this isn't it. Um, but if you like to be scared and laugh, this is for you. And as we're transitioning now into the autumnal season, um, we figured it would be a good time to reawaken some of our old traditions. So Anna, uh, today is a Wednesday. Yeah. And I am going to be uh, doing an urban legisode, another one of my icons of who. Icons of who. And I thought a fun one to do today, a little bit off the beaten path, uh, but the subject for my research today is headless ghosts. (gasps) This is really good. I'm very excited about this. People are not talking about this enough. They are not talking about it enough. Anna and I have long been advocating for representation of headless ghosts in spooky media. We have, and it, it, you know, it really pees me. Oh, because the parents are like, Oh, they'll learn about it at school. And the schools are like, they should learn about it from their parents. And ultimately the kids learn about it from headless ghosts on the playground. (laughs) And that's not what we want. (laughs) That is, you know, don't we want to prepare our young people for the future? That's precisely it. Um, And so what I'm going to be drawing from today, uh, largely my research is coming from listverse.com, an article by Fiona Staples called Headless Ghosts and Monsters. Um, I'm also drawing from um, an episode from the YouTube channel Storied and our favorite book, Wikipedia. An excellent tome. A tomb. Uh, so first, I thought a good place to start would just be to loosely talk about um, the history of decapitation, um, mm. which I think is helpful. Mm. Uh, so decapitation as a form of corporal punishment has existed for millennia, like truly um, as as far back as like uh, recorded law goes, there have been decapitations uh, universally, like in every country, in just about every culture, wow. there is a form of decapitation as uh, as punishment. It just goes to show you people like having their heads mm. and no matter where you are, 
that if you need to be punished, if you need to be spanked, <laughs> you need to be spanked. They're gonna take it. They're gonna take away your head. And Anna, this is blowing my mind because the etymology of decapitation I just want to mention um, stems from <laughs> "d" meaning down or from, and "caput" meaning head. So the term like "caput" means like oh. the head's gone; it's out. Oh, which I love. I didn't know that. And is that it? That's a Yiddish word. <laughs> I assumed it is was it? Yiddish. Apparently, it is. Uh, it is late Latin. Oh, that's like that's like lat. That's like weird Shakespeare thing where they're mm. like, yeah, um, uh, yeah. But mm, a lot of that's disappointing to me. Lot. Of, I like to believe that things are Yiddish. <laughs> personally, uh, so so I think uh, one of the reasons why headless ghosts are so popular around the globe is that decapitations everywhere often decapitation happened very publicly so it would be something that would be in the public consciousness um and very they want to embarrass you they want mm-hmm. other people to look at your your head get chopped off because that's embarrassing i also think there's a lot like in japan for instance um uh, decapitation was very um they they would make sure it was very precise science. They made sure that the head would not be cleaned off from the body. They would leave a little bit of skin in the front so that your family would not have to see your head rolling along the ground. Ew. Well, I guess that's nice. I guess it's nice. I, it's funny that that's a thing that someone in a in like a board <laughs> meeting had to say. Definitely. Like, I hate to like bang this drum and I know that you guys like we've talked about this, but I just want to flag it. Because we're about to, you know, say for sure, I think skin flat. <laughs> so uh, here are some headless ghosts that I found. Uh, it's funny because my understanding of headless ghosts comes almost entirely from uh, the Headless Horseman by Washington Irving. Um, yeah. And of course, the Tim Burton film Sleepy Hollow, which Anne and I have discussed at large. Um, it's it's my favorite book. <laughs> that movie is my favorite book. The the Tim yeah the Tim Burton Sleepy Hollow is absolutely part of my culture. I do need to watch it every year, otherwise I don't feel like myself. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he doesn't have his head, but he does have a horse. He does not have his head, but he does have a horse. I love the, the little factoid of that was um, the headless horseman used to have lines in the movie, but Christopher Walken was <gasps> like, "No, I don't want them," and so they took them all out. Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine? I love it so much. That's that is a very oh my god. Um, that's a that's a big headless energy to to say take all my lines away. Huge. He was hedging his bets in a big way. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine? Can one imagine? So um, an uncredited, <laughs> un- uncredited. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Um, so here's just a heads up. I know I'm going to get some of these pronunciations wrong. Uh, I, I've looked up the pronunciations. Some of these, some of these are, are quite niche um, folklore creatures and I could not find them or they were like on YouTube and maybe not the most reliable. So please, uh, please do submit any corrections and I will mention them in the I'm wrong. Okay. Segment in a future episode. Amazing. So first, Anna, I want to start with the uh, Nukikubi, which means the prowling head. And in Japanese folklore, <laughs> uh, the Nukikubi is a vampire-like creature. Um, by day, it is largely indistinguishable from an ordinary person. At night, however, its head oh. detaches from its neck and flies away. <gasps> uh, the flying head preys on mortal flesh, 
Once it has found its victim, it emits a paralyzing scream before going in for the kill. And often uh, the Nukekubi has no idea what they are. They might only recall dreams oh. of seeing their room from odd angles. <laughs> <gasps> Andrew, no, that just gave me such a chill because that feels like it's we should have a Yiddish word for this at this point. Like um, something that sounds too odd to be fake. Yes. Like that sounds so realistic because it's like, oh, yeah, that is how a disoriented person would describe being a ghost. I love Japan is just so much better at this Ugh. than everybody else. These really, really good. Also, so- like looking looking the same as everyone else during the day yeah. that's scary that's that gives me a fright but rest assured to vanquish anukakubi you must find its idle body at night and destroy it thereby also oh. killing the head there is one way to identify a anukakubi by day they will have two or three wrinkles along the bottom of their neck which that's hard <gasps> that's hard for people who come from Perhaps Irish backgrounds. <laughs> I know, I know. I, you can't go living in Japan because everyone gonna think. Yeah, color me Nukakubi <laughs> because this is all. This next all wrinkles, baby. This is yeah. It's clear that I look at my phone on my belly all day, <laughs> based on. <laughs> <laughs> it's clear that I've eaten a lot of what are called uh, pizza logs. So that I'm just gonna. <laughs> oh my God. We can't go. My body is idle at night. That's that true. That is very true. And my head is often um, overactive at night. And sometimes I do look at my room from odd angles. Uh, this one I actually have heard of before, Anna. So this is called the Dulahan or Dulahan. Um, and this is of Irish legend. It's a type of fairy, but it's a long way from pretty little winged creatures we imagine today. Um, it is a headless horseman who travels the land carrying his grinning head in one hand and a whip made from a human spine in the other. (laughs) What the fuck? Ireland. Ireland. It's the British Empire. Ireland. British people make people cookie. If Ireland was a second grader, the teacher would call home and be like, is everything okay? (laughs) Yeah. We asked her to draw her family and she drew mommy really small and daddy was holding a whip made of a spine. (laughs) We're very concerned. Oh my God, no. Um, this is a sequitur. Why is it the grinning ghouls are so much scarier well, too? This is it yeah, it implies that they are happy to be terrorizing us, which is always which is always more yeah. frightening, probably. Um yeah. people do what think that say? Washington Irving borrowed heavily from uh the Dulahane uh because of his Scotch or Celtic background. Um, and so that might've been a thing. Although in, in the case of the headless horseman, he has lost his head and is trying to get a new one. Uh, the Dulane's just out here trying to scare the bejesus out of you. He has no real goal. So here's, here's the information I have. Um, he is an <laughs> omen of death. If he stops in his travels, it is a sign that someone will soon die. Um, maybe you, but most likely someone else. Um, and in some versions of the tale, oh. The Dullahan's horse is also headless, and he is said to drive a coach containing a coffin, skulls, and lit candles. <laughs> okay, you know what, Andrew? I have to say, I've come all the way back around. I think this is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like it. I like that the head is also, that the horse is also headless. Yes. That's something that's always troubled me about um, the headless horseman, Ichabod Crane. Mm-hmm. Like, I think so much about the horse and what the horse might be going through. If the horse is also headless... <laughs> 
I feel like it it's it's more involved. I think I'm more I want to I know I don't want to know what this sounds like actually. I'm not asking for this. I am curious <laughs> about the sound a headless horse makes. I do, I'm you know what? I take it back cuz someone's going to try to recreate or something and I don't want to invite that into my life. That <laughs> And this is what being in your 30s is all about. <laughs> it's, true. it's about knowing that. Um, but I, I will say the Dulahane doesn't present a mortal threat to a human being other than maybe um, foretelling their death in the future. But sometimes um, if you look at a Dulahane, he will whip your eyes out with his uh, with his spinal cord okay. whip or he'll just dump a basin of blood over you. There's a lot of variables in that. This, this is a this is a ghost built by committee, I think. Yeah, it's <laughs> Yeah, it seems like a lot of strong personalities were in the room and that this was sort of the Yeah. the the agreement that kind of kept the peace, but it ultimately is not very good. Yeah, a very influential person was like, "I really want to get the the spinal cord whip in there." And they were finally like, "Okay, we're putting him in." Um, it's in. It's in. Okay. It's in. <laughs> oh, Anna, the Dulahan has one fear, and I'm just going to ask you to guess what it is. Oh, um, mud. I love that. That would be fun. Um, it's. Um, wait. Can I keep yeah, guessing? Please. I'm sorry. Um, uh, like uh, bad, like bitches. Um, getting like closer. Bitches. W- women in their. 30s um well what might a woman in their 30s have more of than they did in their 20s <laughs> my first honest to god reaction was blood <laughs> <laughs> it has to be true um money um this is correct the dulahane is terrified of gold and will disappear if you throw a single <laughs> coin at his feet oh my god i hate this ghost it is very funny if you're rich, I'll leave you alone. <laughs> but if you're poor, I'm going to freaking be so oh fucking weird God. at you. You have no, I, you cannot prepare yourself for how fucking weird I I'm will dump be. a basin of blood on you shortly before I whip out your eyes. Or it will be fine. Or you'll just be scared. <laughs> I, whatever. My horse doesn't have a head. What the fuck? <laughs> um, what? So in keeping with um, <laughs> equine, equine themed headless ghosts, uh, we're going to move on to the Brazilian folk monster called um, Mula Sam Cabeza, which is the ghost of a woman, but which resembles a headless mule with fire spewing from its neck. <laughs> oh my God. Who saw this ever? I'm dying to know what the source thing for this story was. What could it be? The story goes that the beautiful wife of a farmer became the phantom headless mule doomed to dash across the roads after midnight and then trample anyone who gets in its way. Using a pin to draw blood from the mule will turn it back into a woman, but only while the benefactor lives. This is so, this is like, this is like settlers of Catan. This is too many rules. This is too many rules. I already am like, can we just like hang out? I I don't I don't want to fight with my friends tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this one I'm very confused by. Um, um, that feels so specific. Yeah, it apparently apparently this woman was punished and cursed to become this way um, because of her sins. I, I couldn't really find what those sins were. 
Um, Sneezing. Yeah, she probably gasped about something and it startled someone else and they were like, you know what? She's a bad person. She's done. Let's just call it. I don't like her ass. <laughs> she sighed when someone said what was for dinner and they were like, she's really difficult to work with. Um, we just got to get her out of here. You didn't hear this from me because like I'm trying not to like have people think of me as a gossip, but um, she did. She did sigh. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, that one, that one really um, stuck out. Um, I don't think about mules ever. I know. I'm, I'm a mule. Forget about them. A mule is half horse, half donkey. Is that correct? Yeah. And they don't, they can't be parents. Maybe they can't be parents. I don't think they can <laughs> right? throw up. I don't know. Andrew, <laughs> why do you know I don't. That? I at some point I said something where I was like, and then the horse threw up as like a joke, and then someone was like, they can't throw horses can't throw up, but maybe donkeys can. I don't know. I can picture the person who told you that <laughs> they can't throw up. I'm sorry. Are we in a fight? What's going on? I you know it's funny. My bad. I guess I joke about animals throwing up a lot because I have been corrected two times about which animals cannot throw up. Once about rats and once about horses. So now I know. Can rats not throw up? Apparently not. Apparently that's why rat poison is so effective. Oh my God. Interesting, right? I, wow. We're learning a lot. You know. It makes me sad. I don't think you should be allowed to kill rats, but then it's like, what happens? Oh, okay. This next one is real confusing, Anna. Uh, okay. So this one's called Vinegar Tom. Okay. Um, Vinegar Tom. Okay. So during his persecution of English witches in the 17th century, the infamous witch finder, Matthew Hopkins, that is the most witch finder name I've ever heard. Yeah. He sounds bad. He claimed to have come across familiar spirits with curious names such as Greasel Greedy Gut. <laughs> no. Peck in the Crown and Sack and Sugar. I think. Fake. I think I'm, I think I'm a Sack and Sugar type. Definitely. Second sugar sounds like a really good friend, even if you're not close. Grizzle Greedy Gut, though, I think I've definitely been Grizzle Greedy Gut now and then. Oh, no, don't say that. <laughs> um, okay, so most of these resembled ordinary animals, but the alleged witch, Elizabeth Clark, I just love, I love when witches just have very normal names. They just sound like girls from your homeroom. <laughs> um, confessed <laughs> to having a far stranger familiar, she called Vinegar Tom, which she fed her own blood. Um, so Clark was an old one-legged widow who lived in Manningtree, Essex. And according to Hopkins, her familiar Vinegar Tom initially appeared in the form of a greyhound with the head of an ox. But upon being challenged, oh. it shapeshifted into a new guy's a headless four-year-old child. <laughs> what are you? No. Everyone, everyone That's... in this time period needed to just take a step back and hydrate because something was going on here. Something's happening. This sounds like when you hear two very drunk people fighting and they're both wrong. <laughs> yes. You're like, just stop. Just stop. No one's telling the truth here. Uh, yeah. Why? Just go to sleep on the train. It it really Go it's home. so fun too when witch finders came across people who were just like I don't give a fuck I will tell you the craziest thing in the world and you're gonna have to tell <laughs> that to a court. <laughs> it it does sound like she said it sarcastically yeah. and he was like zooms. <laughs> Which Anna, do you know what zooms is short for? Yeah, we I think we said this last week. 
Oh, I'm we sorry. did. We covered God's wounds. I'm sorry for saying that. That was ridiculous. No, I, I'm but, so, um, finally, I'm glad a friend will. You're a true friend. A friend will. A friend will. Um, yeah, Vinegar Tom is confusing. Um, okay, this next one is uh, Xing Tian, which means the indomitable giant. Um, and the legendary Chinese ruler Huang Di, known as the Yellow Emperor, once went into battle against a nameless giant. During the fight, Huang Di successfully decapitated the giant, causing the mountains to shake as he fell to the ground. The giant was still alive, however, and began blindly trying to reclaim his severed head. Huang Di cut oh. open the mountainside and rolled the head into it, which is rude. That finish your finish your job. I know when you can cut a mountain in half. Maybe I don't know. Do something productive. Make a friend a sweater or something. I don't know. You're not. Yeah, make <laughs> definitely make a friend a sweater. <laughs> um, when the giant realized his head was gone for good, he concentrated his will and forced himself to see out of his nipples and use his navel as a mouth. <laughs> oh no! This is bad. This is not what I wanted. Uh, this is this. If that wasn't enough of a twist, um, here we go. He rose again as Xing uh, Xing Tian, the headless one, and continued to fight. He is now widely respected for his undying resolve. <laughs> oh, he is definitely committed. Very committed. I I admire I admire the dedication and I I admire um Chinese folklore for being like you got to hand it to the nameless giant he wanted to see out of his nipples so bad that he did. And you know what kids and keep that in mind <laughs> for your book reports. Okay? This is um I I don't like when people point out that like nipples and belly button look like eyes and like, I don't I don't think we should be comparing them to facial features. No, too much. Okay? I don't think that makes me embarrassed. That makes me not want to go in a bathing suit. Well, that's an Anna. I feel the same way, which is why I have eliminated one of, I'm just, we're not going to talk about it beyond the name. Um, the EY Panoma, um, which Sir Walter Raleigh claimed, you know, have you ever seen the pictures of like, it's like a thing with no head, but the face is on the chest and stomach. Yes. yes I just yes. don't want to talk about it. It upsets me. I, I'm glad we're on the same page, yeah. Andrew. It's important to have friends where you can have the same values. I took it right out. Um, and finally, the drummer boy of Edinburgh Castle. Oh. Have you heard about this? I haven't. Okay. Rumor has it that a mysterious drumming noise can be heard in the walls of Edinburgh Castle. The source Ooh. of this lonely sound is said to be a phantom drummer boy. According to the story. The boy is seen whenever the castle is under threat, first appearing in 1650 when Oliver Cromwell launched an attack. When he appeared, the ghostly drummer boy lacked a head. <gasps> ghostly drummer boys are a recurring motif in legends around the world. For example, one such spirit is said to have been seen haunting Shiloh in America since the days of the Civil War. However, the headless nature of the ghost of Edinburgh Castle marks him out as something altogether less common and more eerie. I have to say, yeah, I, my, I've been to Shiloh two times in my life. I cannot believe I've been there two times. Um, there is a curse in the former family where whenever one of us goes to Shiloh, someone you are with is going to throw up. That's just going to happen. Oh my God. Yeah. At least we know you're not rats. That's true. That's true. Um, 
It's important to check. Yeah, my my dad uh, my dad took us to all the like Civil War and Revolutionary War battlefields as kids, which oh what a thrill. God. Um, but I was on a we were on a road trip and I definitely had stomach flu. I was probably 12, 12 years old. Definitely had a stomach flu. Um, it was like ninety four degrees. My dad was like, "I just we're just gonna drop by Shiloh," and I was like, "I'm in I'm in tremendous peril." Um, and he was like, we're going to go on a quick walking tour. We'll leave you in the car with the windows down. <laughs> oh, no. And Andrew. I laid there thinking, well, I'm going to die on Shiloh battlefield while reading my Everworld books, uh, soaked in sweat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. K Applegate. Yes. Right. That's correct. That, that was her follow up. Okay. Yeah. I, if it wasn't about kids touching animals, I wasn't interested. Yeah. This, it was definitely um, a departure. That, oh my God. First of all, to have your dad, who's a judge and lawyer, take you, like, be that important about going to Civil War battlefields. He loved it. He loved taking us there. It's too much. But, I, uh, and that's what Shiloh is, is like a field. So Shiloh is a battlefield. And I believe the, the story of the kid from that is a, is a union drummer boy who got a, a cannonball knocked his head off. I think. Oh boy. I think that's the oh deal. Boy. Cause I, what he, um, to my dad's credit, he did get me a book of ghost stories of Shiloh in the gift shop to make up for, uh, uh, leaving me oh, good. to throw up the, the car window. <laughs> um, he, he met you where you were. <laughs> exactly. One in a, in a family, you just, you have to make allowances. Yeah. Um, the headless, that's so spooky. I have been to Edinburgh castle, Twice, one when I was studying abroad and then definitely did a tour, but like wasn't really paying attention. And then I went back for the military tattoo. <gasps> That's right. Where it's like bagpipe talent show for three hours uh. with fireworks, um, which was amazing. And I um, I wish I were there every day, but I don't know how I missed the spooky ghost story. I really do love First that of one. all. Yeah. Second of all, what is the purpose of a drummer boy? Why do they have to be boys? Shouldn't they be adults? Yeah, I think it... Uh, Here's a guess. I'm going to guess it started with either an orphaned kid who people were like, you know what? Sure. Or like a general son who like drew a lot of violent pictures and was like, I want to go to the battle. And he was like, okay, you're going to play this drum. I think it's about, I think it's maybe has to do with marching. Maybe that's the thing to keep in beat as you march. Yeah, that's what, that's the function. But like, why is it a child yeah. mostly? I don't know. I don't drums know. are I don't know. Drums are too light for men. I don't know. I don't know what the idea is. <laughs> if anyone listening to this is a drummer boy, please get in touch. I'd love to hear it. Always had a lot of curiosity about the biblical drummer boy. Although I guess it, that wasn't a biblical figure. That was a song written later. But like, <laughs> it was Old Testament. <laughs> yeah, Jared really the serious. drummer boy. <laughs> um so those were the ghosts i mean i think my yeah my association was obviously uh the legend of sleepy hollow uh but also the rl stein goosebumps book which i do think was just called the headless ghost oh my god that's so scary i i have not read that one. Oh well that one i don't remember much about it i mean i think and we will get to this i think this is probably the most requested story we get is the green ribbon but it's not a scary yes. story to tell in the dark it's not. I think like it gets included in some online versions of it, mm. of the book. We will read it because it is not. such a, it has such a following. I think about it most days of the week. 
So we will definitely get to it. Um, Anna, I guess what I, would would do you prefer your ghost with head or sans head? Um, I have to say I like I like a headless ghost. I like that the head is rolling around. I think for me that's sort of the punchline is like if you're a headless ghost, ultimately I'm expecting to see your head roll around at some mm. point after mm. to be like the the zing. Yep. Um it's yeah, it's like if I hear jangling that sounds like dog collar tags, I'm gonna wanna see the dog. For sure. The same goes for a headless ghost. I wanna see the head. So I do sometimes feel disappointed when there is a headless ghost and you never see the head. That's hard for me. I, yeah, I think that I, I think sometimes that we see a lot of headless ghosts with no head in proximity because I, I wonder if it has to do with the with the TV rating system. You know, interesting. Like, yeah, somehow, you definitely can't if, show blood. Right. And if, if something just doesn't have a head, that that's a lot. I will say the Dullahane is featured in the Disney movie Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Um, my God, which I know we've talked about weird ass Disney movie, but it's a very brief. He appears at the very end. It's after the Banshee, um, makes the main character's daughter get sick. And the Dullahane comes and has one line and just goes, Darby O'Gill, get in. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like it really does sound like a PA or like someone who was like someone's friend who was hovering near the craft table. They were like, do you want to voice this headless ghost? And the person said, what? <laughs> and then that's what they use. Yeah, that's pretty much um, it. That's so crazy. Andrew, I love this topic. Thank you. Um, I also, I do think that beheadings is one of the scariest ways of people dying. And like, it makes sense why there's so many ghost stories about beheadings because it's like, it's such a, pardon the pun, a clear cut <laughs> oh, moment yes. of death. Like, because I, I, I watch not to brag, but I've watched Game of Thrones and like those beheadings are so strange because a person is talking and talking and talking and then they get their head chopped off and then they're not talking what? anymore. And I'm always like, oh, my God, it's it really is that sort of you're on and then you're off. Um, and like it, it's so abrupt and frankly, rude. That's, it's a rude death, I think. Yeah, and everybody's looking, which is embarrassing. And if it can be done in private, I just don't. I don't want people to look at me. I don't want to. I'm happy to die alone because I don't like the idea that people are having an experience of me that I can't then like violently monitor <laughs> from the inside. Um, I don't like that idea. Yeah, but I will say something that occurs to me about um, decapitate. Like, I think maybe the idea of it initially, like why a lot of royal people would get decapitated versus hung, is that. It was quick, supposedly. Right. But yeah, it's also embarrassing. I, it's so humiliating. <laughs> so embarrassing. <laughs> don't I don't Andrew and I are going on record saying don't chop our don't, hands off. If we if you could appeal to anyone, if there's like a choice where Anne and I are opting for no decapitation, please. Yeah, and like obviously like you know, you have a lot of factors to consider and we don't like if at some point we're going to have to be decapitated, (laughs) but like, we know that, but we're just, we, you know, it's good to ask for what you want. So that's the rule. I mean, when you work in comedy for 15 years, you either get decapitated or you're Dick Van Dyke and that's, that's it. Those are the two options. Those are the two options. Yes. Uh, Take our class. (laughs) Take our class. Uh, so Anna, that's my, that's my little deep dive into headless ghosts. There are so many more, 
Um, there just was not time to reach all of them. But uh, but that is a that is a first glimpse. If anyone knows of any other um, local folk folklore, folk culture, haunted headless ghosts, please do let us know. Uh, we'd love to hear about them. Please let us know. We like to keep track. We like to keep. We um, do run a database for headless ghosts uh, from here and abroad. Yeah. Um, Andrew, do you know what? It's a Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Which means that we do a little segment that we like to call scary, scary ideas, ideas for, for things, things that, that could, could happen. happen. Uh, yeah. Anna, um, do you have one? Yes. You are waiting in line at the laundromat for your laundry and all the machines are running and the person behind the desk isn't there. And then you notice that all of the washers have a little face in them that are spinning. And the little face says, ouch, 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 ouch. That could could happen. happen. Anna, I, that did give me goosebumps. I think about that a lot. It's ouch, 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 you know? It is ouch, 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 but faces in, in washing machines. Yikes. Um, yeah. Do okay. You, you know what? I'm inspired by yours and I'm going to, I'm going to do, um, I'm going to let it influence mine. Okay, great. You are folding laundry and it's just that right temperature where it's like warm to your hands and it feels good when you like put the towels up to your chest to fold them. Um, and so you're like feeling in a very Zen good place. You're folding your laundry, you're folding your laundry. And then you notice that there are these very brightly colored gloves. And you think, huh, I don't remember putting gloves in there. And I don't even have gloves like this. And then you take out of your basket two enormous polka dotted socks. You're like, this is so strange. I definitely don't have these. I wonder if my laundry got mixed up with someone else's. And then... You take like a huge, funny-looking circus clown outfit, oh. and you're like, "What the hell is going on?" And then behind you, you hear, <laughs> and you turn around, and there is a clown in like a comedy barrel, like how naked people used to, be. of yeah, course, you know, like how naked people do. Uh-huh. And he says. I think you have something of mine. And you say, oh, the clothes? And he says, no, um, I, when I was here earlier, I was showing you that mug that I bought and I left it here and I just wanted to pick it up again because it's a gift from my uncle and I'm visiting him later. That could that could happen. happen. Oh God, this is scary because then it's like, did you forget interacting with someone? Exactly. Which is a very scary feeling. How embarrassing to have a clown over and to not to not have that be at the forefront of your memory. To have a clown go, yeah, we've met. <laughs> that is that is the image of a clown with a with a word bubble saying, "Yeah, we've met." Is very funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's very almost New Yorker. That is it. That's exactly it. Um, well, Anna, it's fun Good. to be able to do these icons of horror again. 
Andrew, thank you so much for spearheading, and it's fabulous to be back in the spooky season with you. Although we do remind our listeners that spooky is not seasonal. Exactly, it's important. To um, it is. It's nice to be in your home country, you know. <laughs> um, and Anna, a pleasure as always. Pleasure as always. And everybody else, get, get out. out forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.